Hey family, this is Josh Eggerson. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Faith Restored podcast. Faith Restored is a local church with a global mission to reach the lost and teach the found. And it's our hope that the word you're about to hear today encourages you, inspires you, and builds your faith. If you'd like to learn more about Faith Restored, you can visit us on our website at faithrestored.church. Now let's go live into this week's message. If, if you got your Bibles or your devices, wherever you are, wherever you're watching from, turn quickly to Genesis chapter 26. Amen. Genesis chapter 26. Hey, if you're looking, Genesis is the very first book of the Bible. Amen. It's after the table of contents. It's right there. And then chapter 26. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. If you have it, won't you holler out, I got it. Amen. I'm going to begin reading at verse 22. Amen. Verse 22. Hear the word of the Lord. It says, and he, being Isaac, moved away from there and dug another well. And they did not quarrel with him over it. So he named it Rehoboth. For he said, at last, somebody say at last, the Lord has made room for us and we will be fruitful in the land. And so he named it Rehoboth. Somebody shout Rehoboth. For he said, at last, the Lord has made room for us and we will be fruitful. Somebody say fruitful in the land amen i want to preach for a little while using simply as a subject the lord has made room for us amen if you believe that put your hands together and give god praise father thank you for this time help us now in jesus name amen the lord has made room for us hallelujah Many of us knows what, know what it feels like not to belong, to feel like we don't have a place of our own, to feel like there is no place for us to go, to feel like there's no one to help us when we need help. Many of us know what it's like to wander. We've wandered in relationships. We've wandered into the wrong churches. We've wandered into bad friendships. We've wandered onto the wrong jobs. And because of that, we found ourselves wounded, battered, bruised, and even broken. Because it's hard to find peace when you don't have a place of your own. Does anybody know what it feels like to truly be a misfit, to truly feel like there's no one who can accept you and your issues and your problems, no one that you can uh, secretly and securely share your pain and your past with. You feel as if you're always on edge and you don't have a place to go. If that's you, I dare you to say, Bishop, you're talking to me because there are some times in my life when I look back over my history that I know I made the mistakes I made because I felt like I didn't belong. I was 
was trying to fit in with the wrong people. I was trying to settle amongst the wrong people. I was trying to find a place around people who could not accept me. And because I was trying to fit in with them and be who it is they want me to be and do what it is they want me to do, I found myself put in a mold that wound up crippling me because I couldn't be myself. And when you can't be yourself, you can't be happy. But you can never be yourself in a place where you don't belong. And I wish somebody would just take off your church face. We're not even in the building. You ain't got a fake in front in the parking lot. Just be honest about the fact and say, Bishop, there have been times in my life where I felt like I did not belong and I did not have a place. But beloved, even though there are times in our lives where we feel like we don't belong, where we feel like we don't have a place, where we feel like there is no place where we can call our own, if we belong to God, the beauty of our lives is that God will always prepare a place for his people. God will always prepare something for his children. And you need to learn how to shout, beloved, because in spite of what you've gone through, the Lord has prepared a place for you. God, help me. I know I know that's some, that seems like it's not something to shout about, uh, but if you've ever been alone and felt like you didn't have a place, when you find out that the Lord has made you a place, that's something to shout about. If you've ever sought refuge from the storms of life, wanted a place that could help you wanted a place that could encourage you wanted a place that could empower you wanted a place that could lift you up when you were bowed down if that's ever been you then you ought to shout about the fact that you serve a God that has made a place for you oh God and he's going to receive you into that place see the good thing about God is God does not just prepare places for his children but after he's prepared that place God has a way of coming in and making sure that you you find your way into the place that he's prepared for you. Oh God, God's not just going to prepare a place and wait for you to find your way there. No, that's not how he works. When God prepares a place for you, he will escort you into the land that he's prepared for you. And it does not matter how long you've wandered. It doesn't matter how abused you've been. It does not matter how hurt you might feel. God will prepare a place for you and he will make sure that you will get to the place he's prepared. And I know that might not be good news for y'all out here but there's somebody watching me on Facebook live there's somebody out here in the parking lot uh, that can testify I've been looking for a place and that's good news for me I've been looking for a place where my gifts can belong where my talents can belong where my issues can be healed where my pain can be healed where what's broken can be bound up and healed you've been looking for a place and God said I've made a place for you I've made room and it does not matter who doesn't want there to be room. God, help me. It does not matter what enemies in your life don't think you should have a place. God said, when I make room for you, I'm going to make room for you in spite of all of the things that tried to keep you out. God said, I'm going to find a way to bring you in. God says, no matter what it is you've gone through in your life, I will make room for you. Yeah, and that's really what Isaac is saying. Isaac is telling us quickly, he was like, God, you sent me on this journey. As a patriarch of your people, to find a land where we can settle forevermore. But the Bible tells us that when Isaac gets there, to some land that his father owned, where his father dug wells on, his enemies had taken dirt, y'all ain't listening, and filled up the well. They, they had taken dirt and closed up. The well, okay, you don't get it. They, they, they took dirt 
and shut off the well. Bishop, why is that important? Because the well is the place of water. Water equals productivity. Water equals blessing. Water equals life. And the enemy took Isaac's dirt and used Isaac's dirt to close off the place of water. God help me. This is for people who got skeletons in their closet and demons in their past and mistakes that they've made and the devil is trying to use the things that you've done in your past to make you think that you don't have room and that God is not going to make a place for you and that you can't be accepted. But I don't care what you did last year, last month, last week, or last night. I don't care what you did 30 minutes before you drove onto the parking lot. If you put your trust in God, God says, I don't care if the enemy has tried to use your dirt to cut off the place of your water. God says I'm going to clean it up and I'm going to open it back up and I'm going to make room for you even though you've got some dirt. Yeah, they didn't just take any dirt. The Bible says that was Isaac's land. So that means that that was Isaac's dirt. And they used his dirt to cut off his productivity. Now even though God allowed Isaac to dig another well, let me caution you about how you manage your dirt. Because even though God will clean you up and he'll use you again and he won't let your past hold you bound, some of your embarrassment could be alleviated if you just obeyed God and made the right choice in the beginning. Yeah, God wouldn't have that much to redeem you from if you stopped doing stupid stuff. Oh, y'all don't want to say amen to that. See, uh, yeah, 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 you'll shout when I tell you God to fix it. But what if I told you you could fix it before God had to get involved? Because if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, that means God's already involved in you. So you got the power to do the right thing before you do the wrong thing. He used Isaac's dirt to block off the well. But even though Isaac got to the land and the well was blocked, the Bible says that Isaac does not quit. He does not walk away. He does not abandon the assignment. He doesn't walk away from the land. The Bible says that Isaac digs another well. God help me. Yeah, he doesn't allow the fact that the well is blocked to stop him from working. He says, I'm going to move to another spot. And some of us, oh God, are so consumed with the fact that people have put obstacles in our way that we don't remember that God has made room for us to dig in another place. God, help me. If you cut me off here, God will open up a door somewhere else. If you tell me I can't be productive here, God will move me to another job. If you tell me my gifts aren't accepted here, God will put me in another ministry that needs my help, that will benefit from what God has to do in my life. And the, the beauty of your life is that when your enemy tries to cut off your productivity, God says, you may not have shovel, God help, or you may not have water, oh God, but you got a shovel. Okay, you don't get it, but God's, God knew uh, that you wasn't going to get it. So last night, last night when I was out here with Jotham and Chris, God gave me an illustration to show you that you can always dig your way out of an unproductive place. If you drove on to the parking lot today, you'll see that there's a crater right there. We came on the property last night uh, to get ready for church, and we found out that there is a single hole right there on the property because of the rain that has fallen in Jacksonville. I drove my big old truck, my big old truck onto the drive or onto the grass to unload the equipment for service. And when I came out, Chris will tell you, my car had sank down into the ground. My truck had sank down into the ground. Chris, didn't it sink into the ground? It was in the dirt. 
And I'm, you know, we had a lot going on. So Cedric, I'm trying to keep my composure because I'm like, oh, Lord, we got to have church outside tomorrow. I done lost my truck. Lord, I can't find another truck. My truck's sinking in quicksand. They're going to look up there and see a ram, not in the bush, but in the dirt. It's stuck in the dirt. The dirt is preventing me from being productive. Because I got stuff to do. I got places to go. And I'm stuck in the dirt. And I keep spinning my wheels. Hear me. And the more I spin my wheels, the deeper my truck goes in the dirt. I'm on the phone with our minister of music, Brother Michael Holloway. He tells me, Doc, you can't spin your wheels. I live around the corner. I'm coming. I'm going to help you. Mike comes, and he doesn't bring a tow truck, a tow hitch, or anything like that. Mike brings us a shovel. And he says, when the dirt has you stuck, before you can be pulled out, before you can be pushed out, before you can drive out, you've got to dig, God help me. If you want to get out, God help me. You've got to dig your way out. And I don't know who I'm preaching to, but somebody is stuck in a place of unproductivity. And you're stuck in a place where you can't move forward. But God said if you're stuck in the mud of life, stop being complacent and complaining about where you are. Get a shovel and God help me. Get a Bible and get a word from God and dig. Get a vision. Get a business plan and dig your way out. The Bible says they cut off Isaac's productivity, but he dug. And then he didn't just dig. Every time the enemy tried to cut him off, he dug again. Yeah, every time the enemy, you can't just be persistent one time. You've got to be persistent with every attack of the enemy. Every time he tries to tell you you're not good enough. Every time he tries to tell you that you don't have what it takes. Every time that he tries to tell you that God isn't going to do it for you. You've got to be able to dig. Dig another well. Look, he says, he dug a well, and they fought with him over it. And instead of fighting with them over the well, he said, you can have it. And he found another place and dug another well. He didn't fight with the enemy over land that ultimately wasn't his in the first place. Because when something's not yours, you don't quarrel with people over something that's not yours. When you know that God has a place for you over here. God, help me. And some of us, we got to stop getting caught in the mud fighting with folk over stuff that ain't yours. You're fighting over men that ain't yours. You're fighting over women that ain't yours. You're fighting with other black folk when you should be lifting them up over opportunities that ain't yours. You're fighting on that job for a promotion that ain't yours. You can't even handle the responsibility that you have. You're fighting for a marriage that ain't yours. You know God didn't tell you to wear that hammer knocker. You, 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 you're fighting over stuff that ain't yours. I'm sorry, Joe. I was looking at you. I ain't talking about your wife. Uh, uh, you, you're fighting over something. That doesn't belong to you. And he says, instead of fighting with them over it, Jacob said, you can have it. Because God going to give me another place. God, help me. And I wish some of us would be mature enough to stop fighting with people over stuff. 
and act like you really believe that your father in heaven has the power to give you space to dig somewhere else. God, help me. You can have it. I dare you to just look at whatever you've been fighting with the devil over, whatever you've been fighting invisible competition in your mind over. Just say, look, I'm done fighting. You can have it. Uh, you can have it because I know if I give you this well, God is going to give me another place. And the Bible says in verse 22, he moved away from there. And dug another well. But this time it was different. Can I tell you why it was different? Verse 22, I'm in the Bible. He says this time they didn't fight over the well. This time when God did it, where he put the well was so clearly and obviously Isaac's place that the enemy didn't even try to fight him over it. Because God had made it clear, God help me, I wish I felt like it. I, God had made it clear that this was Isaac's place. And so the Bible says that instead of fighting over it, he named the place Rehoboth. God help me, let me help you. Because uh, if you really understood that, you would have shouted. Uh, some of y'all ain't never seen that word before, you didn't even know how to pronounce it. Uh, you were trying to figure it out when you was reading the text. It's Rehoboth, just like that, just Rehoboth. Uh, and the reason why it's important for you to know how to pronounce it, because uh, in a minute I'm going to have you speak that word over your life. Not right now, uh, but you need to practice saying Rehoboth. And the reason why Rehoboth is important, because Rehoboth means make room. God, help me. Oh, God. Rehoboth means uh, not God is making room. It is an emphatic command, Cedric, that means Make room. God, help me. Wherever it is, make room. God, okay, you don't get it. Rehoboth then. Uh, 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 okay, um, uh, it, it ain't always been like this. I know, I know y'all think uh, uh, we, me and Lady just popped up out the dirt, uh, but it's been a long grind. Uh, but God has blessed us now, and we got some relationships and some business relationships and stuff like that. And so uh, one day I had dropped my wife off. I, I think I dropped you some food off at her job or something like that, and uh, something was wrong with me. I wasn't feeling good. Uh, and I needed to lay down. I mean, it was that serious. It was that bad. Uh, I needed to lay down. So uh, I, I, I called a nearby hotel and said, you know what? I'm about to crash. Uh, I need like a little day, a staycation. But they didn't have any rooms. And when I called the front desk, uh, they said they didn't have, they had, I'm sorry, they didn't have any king-size rooms. All the king-size rooms were booked. And so I go to the front desk and I say, look, uh, I can't do no double bed. Uh, my wife is here with me. I got my kids. Uh, I can't do no double bed. I need a king-size bed. She said, well, sir, all the king-size rooms have been taken. Oh, wait a minute. I think we're able to make room. Uh, Rehoboth then means that you're in a place where it was said there was no room, but somebody with behind-the-scenes authority has made room for you. God help me. You don't you don't realize he he made room. You 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 didn't have room. Room was running out. They told you that you weren't going to be able to be there, but God finds a way like the woman at the computer at the front desk of the hotel that says you don't have a single king. She's able to look and say, "Okay, I can move this reservation over here. And I can take this person and move them over there. And this person is checking out at 12:30 right over here. So I can put you in a place. God help me. I can make room for you." And that's all 
Rehoboth is. Rehoboth is a command that says it might look like there's not any room. The devil might be telling you that there is no room, but God is saying make room. That's, that's what Rehoboth is. And so the Bible says that Isaac names the land where he puts the well Rehoboth. Why? Because he says the Lord has made room for us. And you need to learn how to shout about the fact because other, that other people said that there wasn't a place for you. But in spite of them, God has made room for you. Oh God, you'll learn how to be excited about the fact that they said you weren't going to make it on that job. Oh, but God says, I'm making room for you. They said you weren't going to make it being self-employed. They said you weren't going to survive the trauma in that relationship that you went through. But God has made room for you. I know you can't even see the room. You can't even see the land. You're looking and walking like Abraham to a land that God is going to show you. But God told me to tell you that at the end of the journey, you're not going to be disappointed. There is a land that God has prepared for you. He has made room for you. Yeah. So listen, I got to quit. God has made room for us in spite of, number one, my own inability. Look at verse 18. Yeah. He says, Isaac dug again the wells of water that had been dug in the days of his father Abraham. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. And he gave them the same names which his father had given them. Verse 19. But when Isaac's servants dug the well in the valley and found there a well of flowing water, the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with the herdsmen of Isaac, saying, The water is ours. Yeah. Isaac, hear me now clearly, fell prey to the same thing that Abraham fell prey to when he dug the well. Because you might have the ability in your own strength to dig the well, hear me, but only God has the strength and power to keep the well. You might be able to dig the well yourself. You might be able to get your water out of the well. But if you want the well to be protected, God has to protect the well. And the Bible says that God made room for Isaac in spite of his inability to keep the blessings safe. Which means that when God blesses me with something, he ain't expecting me to keep it safe. God, help me. God is blessing me with something, and he is expecting himself to keep it safe. God, help me. I know the mortgage might be in your name. The car note might be in your name. The debt might be in your name. But God says, I'm the one. God, help me that's going to keep you safe. I'm the one that's going to provide for you. I know the kids might have come from you and you might claim them on your taxes, but either, everyone in your house is actually a dependent of the Almighty. Uh, I claim you on my taxes at the end of the year. God says, I've got your back, God. Help me. And I don't need a stimulus to provide for you because the cattle on a thousand hills belong to me. God says, I don't care what you can't do. You might be weak, but I am mighty. You might not have strength, but I have power. You might not have authority. But I'm the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And I'm making this happen for you. Yeah, He says, God has made room in spite of our own inability. But number two, God has made room for us in spite of my enemy's opposition. Yeah. The Bible says that the men of Gerar began to quarrel or to fight. Literally to rumble and clamor against the men of Isaac's herds. Yeah. Isaac's herdsmen 
were fighting with them. But God says, in spite of the fight, I'm still going to make room for you. God, help me. And some of y'all, God, help me. Now, everybody complaining about haters ain't really got them. As a matter of fact, some of us who complain about haters uh, are really experiencing the result of our poor decision-making and our inability to handle business correctly. Uh, everybody is not hating on you. Some people are mad at you because of what you didn't do right. God, help me. And it takes maturity, God, help me, to understand that everybody that's against you ain't hating on you. Some folk uh, don't need a sermon. They need an apology. God, help me. Uh, but I'll preach that another week. God, help me. Uh, some some folk don't need a Bible verse. They don't need an invitation to listen to your podcast. They need you to say, I'm sorry. Uh, I, did, uh, I didn't do that right. I didn't handle that right. I, I lied about that. My, 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 my mouth got ahead of my brain, and I said some stuff I didn't mean to say. You know, everybody that's hating on you ain't hating on you. Yeah. But if you really have haters, if there really is satanic opposition, if there are really people in your life that want to prevent you from getting where it is that God is trying to take you because they do exist, if that's happening to you, you need to know that whoever is against you can't stop you. Yeah, that's why you've got to be careful how you handle your enemies because you've got to realize that when God is on your side, you are always dealing from a position and a posture of strength. God, help me. Oh, God, you are always with the upper hand when God is on your side. Even when you're dealing with church folk, God is on your side. Even when you're dealing with people who said they have God on their side, God is on your side. If you're right with God, when your haters try to oppose you, God is on your side. And that means that your haters are unable to stop you, unable to stop you, oh God, from possessing the land. Your haters are unable to stop you from getting to where it is that God wants you to be. And you got to realize, God said, I'm not about to let them stop you, so why are you fighting against them? Yeah. We've embarrassed God. I, I want to be, y'all, I want to be the kind of church that people are glad when they hear our name. That when people see that we're coming into a community, they get excited. Uh, not just because the preaching is good and the worship is fire, uh, but because the people that they meet at that church represent Jesus Christ. And many of us have offended God and embarrassed our witness because we're too busy trying to fight our own battles. And we're involved in things and got our mouth speaking into things that God don't want us touching. And we've embarrassed ourselves because we're so quick to get somebody told. We got to gather them. We, we've been saving this gathering for a rainy day, and it's cloudy outside. Yeah, yeah. We, we want to tell people about themselves when God don't tell you about you like that. God don't tell you about you. He just trusts you to know yourself well enough to humble yourself and keep your mouth off of other people. Uh, to, to, to humble yourself. Look, you got to understand that God can't humble you. People cannot humble you. People can humiliate you, but you have to humble yourself. God never commands you to do anything that he is going to totally and completely do for you. That's why Peter says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God so that he might exalt you in due time. You've got to learn how to stop trying to fight your enemies and let God be God. So that you don't embarrass God. And when he blesses you, you ain't got to apologize for nothing. See, if you, don't, if you don't touch your enemies, if you walk in peace with them, and God does his job and takes care of your enemies, then you don't have to say sorry for what happened to them 
God help me. Uh, when you finally come out of your situation. But too many of y'all got to go back and fix bridges that you burned because you interfered in God's business. God help me. But you got to learn how to keep people, uh, keep people in their right place and keep God in his right place. And I'm not going to let you make me mad enough to fight you and mess up my blessing. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah, so God has made room for us. Uh, in spite of our own inability, God has made room for us. Number two, in spite of the enemy's opposition, number three, and I'm through. Uh, God has made room for us in spite of, check this out, the famine in the land. Look, uh, Isaac is in the midst of a famine. But God has blessed Isaac in spite of the famine. I know you don't believe me, but when you get home, look at uh, chapter 26, verse 12. It says... Now Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year. What year? The year of the worst famine up to that point in history. He sowed in the famine. And in the famine, the Bible says, he reaped 100-fold. God help me. And the Lord blessed him. Okay, y'all don't hear me. In the famine, the Lord blessed him. In the midst of a family, the Lord blessed him. When wasn't nobody else being blessed, the Lord blessed him. When everybody else was broke and couldn't pay their bills, the Lord blessed him. When other folk was complaining about not having food to eat and clothes on their back and shoes on their feet and didn't know how they were going to take care of their children, the Lord blessed him in the famine. And he became rich and continued to grow richer until he became very wealthy. God did that for him in the midst of of the famine. God help me. So when we get to verse 23, God help me, or verse 22, he says, at last, the Lord has made room for us. And because he's made room for us, we're going to be fruitful in the land. Yeah. In spite of the famine, God says, I'm going to give you access to things that you should not have access to in the midst of a famine. I'm going to allow you to put your hands on stuff that even before the famine you weren't qualified for. That even before the pandemic you wouldn't have been able to put your hands on. But something about what God is doing in your life is giving you favor in 2021 that the pain of 2020 can't take from you. The trauma of 2020 is not going to be able to override. The last part of 2019 and all of 2020 was crazy. But God says I'm still going to bless you in spite of the famine. And hear me now. I want to speak this prophetically now. The famine is not over. The, 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 the coronavirus pandemic-induced famine that has revealed a spiritual famine in the body of Christ, that famine is not over. But the good news is God is going to allow you to be fruitful in the midst of the famine, God help me. God, God says, in spite of the famine, because my hand is on you, I'm going to cause you to bear fruit 
in a season where other people are dying off. God help me. You don't know how to shout about that. See, uh, see, we used to be able to shout about favor. God help me. See, back in, in, in this Black History Month, right? So can I talk about it? Back in Jim Crow uh, and in slavery uh, and during the Civil Rights Movement, uh, our people would shout over favor. Uh, but, but those of us now, we're here and we got favor and don't know how to shout about it because we want God to give us stuff. But how many of you know that favor is better than money? Because when your child is laying in a hospital bed and you don't know how they're going to get healed, oh God, it does not matter how much money you have. When you're weeping, God, help me, over the loss of a loved one, over a relationship that has fallen apart, all the money in the world won't help you. But God says, I'm getting ready to give you favor in spite of a famine. And what does favor, I'm done now, what does favor in spite of the famine look like? Favor in spite of the famine is God giving you the ability to look at a famine-stressed land and still declare in that land Rehoboth, God help me, to be able to look at a place, God help me I'm setting y'all up now, you got to be able to look at the place and declare, it's not mine I don't own it I don't qualify for it I can't afford it, but I'm going to put my foot on it and declare Rehoboth, God help me Oh God, I don't know how I'm going to handle it when I get it I don't know how I'm going to manage it Oh God, but the word over my life is Rehoboth. Oh God, I dare you now. God, I feel like having church in the parking lot of a building I'm believing God for. I feel like having church now. Look at somebody and say, that's the word over your life. Rehoboth. God, help me. I know we outside, Mike, but I feel like having church now. Oh God, look at somebody and say, Rehoboth. Oh, can we have church outside for just a minute? Because I'm believing God. Oh God, that he's about to do something crazy. Oh, God, but let's just let them hear a little bit huh, of what they're going to hear inside the building huh, when God finally does Rehoboth huh, for Faith Restore. Huh. Kyrie, give me a minute to go acapella and then let me ride. Huh. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, huh, God is getting ready. God, I feel it here. Huh. He's getting ready to make room for us. Huh. Oh, God, look at somebody huh, and tell them, neighbor, huh, God is getting ready. Huh to make room and so I dare you now to look at your life and declare Rehoboth all oh, Rehoboth over your job Rehoboth over your marriage Rehoboth in your bank account Rehoboth in your real estate properties Rehoboth for your mental health. God is getting ready now to make room for us. I know we're outside and I know it's a pandemic, but if you got your mask on, turn to somebody and say, neighbor, God is getting ready to make room for us. Y'all holler back at me now. I want to have church now. I feel the spirit of my daddy on me now. Grab somebody. Give me a minute to turn my wings out. Grab, grab Grab somebody and tell them, neighbor, neighbor, God is getting ready to make room for us. As a matter of fact, I messed up the text. The text does not say that God is making room. It does not say that God is getting ready to make room. But the text says that God has already made room. That the room that I'm waiting on has already been it's already been prepared 
look at somebody and tell, 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 tell somebody, I feel like preaching now, give me just 30 more seconds, tell somebody, we're not waiting on God to make room, but the Lord has already made room, so when I declare Rehoboth, I'm not claiming new land, but I'm just coming in step with the land that God has already given to me. I dare you to think about your promised land. Where is it that you're waiting on God to make room for you? Where is it that you're looking for the Lord to do it in your life? Where is it that it's been crowded and you need the Lord to make room for you? Look at somebody and say, wherever it is. You didn't say it like a preacher. Put your preacher voice on now and say, wherever it is. Yeah, the Lord is getting ready. Oh, I done forgot already. He ain't getting ready to do nothing, Tiffany. He's all, he's all, he's all, he's already made room. Look at somebody and say, this is our place because the Lord has made room for us. Look at your bank account and declare Rehoboth. Look at your finances. Come on, Kyrie, I feel like preaching now. And tell them money is tight. But God is getting ready to make room. My finances have been constricting. But God is getting ready to make room. There's been tightness in my chest, in my health, in my joints. But the word of the Lord is that God is getting ready to make room make room for you so do me a favor I need you if you're not to me come on fellas let's do it now if you're not to me find you a place to walk on this line and open your mouth and declare Rehoboth God is making room Rehoboth God is making room and if you declare it here he's going to make room at your house if you declare it here he's going to make room on your job if you declare it here he's going to make room with the doctor's office they said that there was no way that they'd be able to fix it but look at somebody and say the Lord is he's making room the Lord is making room look at somebody across the parking lot and say hey you over there God is making room hey you all the way down them turning God is making room you might feel like you're the least the lost and 
under left out but I came to prophesy Rehoboth over your life make room make room because he's getting ready to open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing just one that's gonna be so big you won't have room enough to receive I dare you to put your feet on it because God declared that wherever the soles of your feet shall tread God said I'm giving it to you maybe the reason why you don't have a land is because you won't walk on it you won't get out of the bed you've let depression cripple you and keep you from walking you've let your sickness cripple you and cause you to keep your feet off the land you've allowed your marriage to cripple you and keep you from walking on the land but I dare I'm sorry y'all I dare God help me I dare I dare somebody to stop being crippled by your pain by your past by your present situation and put your feet on the land when you get in your car you should have stayed in your car it was a parking place I wasn't expecting y'all to get out but when you get back in it don't go to your house drive onto your promised land and just put your feet on it because God said I'm doing Rehoboth in your life and wherever the soul of your foot will trade I'm giving it to you in just a minute I'm gonna ask y'all to help me walk on something and believe that when our feet touch Zion we're gonna be able to say in mind that's what the old saints would say soon as my feet touch Zion is there anybody that can say I'm excited about walking on the land I believe that the Lord is speaking Rehoboth over my life if you believe it today I dare you to shout make room Make room, make room, make room, make room. Won't it make room for you? I said, won't it make room for you? Won't God move your enemies out of the way and make room for you? Welcome home. You belong here. God said, I'm making room for you. Won't it do it? Won't it do it? Say yeah. Say yeah. Say yeah. Say yeah. 